Hey, I want to say a warm welcome to our incredible listeners and if you are still here, <laughs> yay! Yeah. We must be doing something right. Yes, or so, you just got nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hopefully not. <laughs> welcome to our six-part podcast series, The Wake Up Shots. I'm Maddie Barber, he's Jason Johnson. You may know us from radio. This is just a temporary thing. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But so far, we're having fun. The, I don't want everybody out there thinking, Maddie, that we've staked our whole life and reputation on doing this. Like, this is a fun thing we're doing because we miss working with each other and we're making a bit of money and it's like fun. It's like good <laughs> fun. But I hope nobody out there is thinking that, like I say, this is the all, this is, this is the be all and end all. And if it fails, that we're both going to be homeless. Like. I don't think anyone thinks that, the be it or end all, especially after. It can be good, but I'm just saying, it's like, we're not, in, like, what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to hedge my bets here, Maddie. If, if not a lot of people watch, like, we'll be okay. Don't, don't feel bad for us. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So this particular episode is a tribute mm. to the amazing and supportive partners and yes. spouses out there, including ours. Yeah, that's right. Wes Barber's mine. Marie, see? Is mine. Yeah, for whom we would not be who we are or where doing we what we do, yeah. where we are. Literally. If not for them. Yeah. Right? Um, so, this episode, the secret to success lies in having a supportive partner. Mm. I think it's true, full stop. It's mm. a fact. Mm. And if you've never thought about it, maybe this will get you thinking. Mm. Here's a fact. A bad relationship can have a significant impact on your career and mm. overall well-being. Mm. It's essential to prioritize both, and I need to stress both, your career and your personal life mm. to achieve a healthy work-life harmony. I don't think you should have to choose because your career is also part of your dream, it's mm. also part of your destiny. Mm. If you're in a relationship where it's me or that, mm. you can't have success if you want to be in this relationship, I would hope you think again yeah. because you should be able to have both. You are entitled to both. I rarely use the word entitled, mm. but you are entitled to both. And when you're in a relationship, it should enable you to mm. realize your greatest, biggest dreams and not hold you back. That's beautiful. And I think that's what the best relationships do and accomplish. A valuable and supportive, understanding partner is a valuable asset mm. in your career journey, while a toxic, unsupportive partner <laughs> can hold you back mm. and hinder your progress. Indeed. So that's what we're talking about today. Yes, it's, it's a good topic, I must say. It is, yeah. something very, very close to our hearts. For sure. And it comes from people that we've met, not just ourselves, but as you know, I have, um, a whole team of staff. Mm. I work with a lot of people who are my peers and also who work for me. Mm. And I do see that it has a huge impact mm. on their careers. Because if you look at life, it's a series of decisions. Mm. And very often, you seek those closest to you for advice or just a sounding board. Mm. And that's where it becomes really crucial what you hear back from them yeah. and how they support you yeah. in that, right? That's right. I mean, it's like either you're looking in a nice crystal clear mirror that shows you, you know, things as they really are and hopefully in a flattering light, or you're looking into some circus funhouse mirror that distorts your image and shows you a version of yourself that's not 
terribly flattering. Yeah. So take you for instance, we did talk about the midlife career switch and mm. we both made them recently yep. in the recent years. And neither of us would not have been able to do it and be where we are today <laughs> if not for our spouses saying, yeah, you sure? <laughs> but okay, so it is a leap of faith. Well, I think the interesting thing is that Maddie and myself, our spouses have supported us in very different ways and in their own ways. But I, I think we would agree that neither of us would be doing what we are now without their help and support. Yeah, because they are there to also help us look for opportunities. Mm. I remember when I was in Thailand and I was struggling a little because I had two young kids. I was not there on an expat package. I was working for Virgin Radio mm. and I was the, the breadwinner of the family at that point. It yeah. changes from time to time and I think, you know, good spouses are able to do that for each other. Like yeah. maybe during this period of the time, you know, I will hold the fort yeah. and then another period of time you hold the fort, but there is never any blame or any complaining to make the other person feel bad, you yep. do what you need to do to support and help each other. Like early in my relationship with my wife when we first met, I was skipping between different jobs and trying to find my footing where she'd already saved a lot of money in her CPF. And we were able to get a house, our first HDB, because she had money. And so that was really, that was able to give us a, a solid base to establish a family. And, Established the rest of our lives. You married her for the money and <laughs> PR. <laughs> for the money and for the butt. <laughs> so and the hair and there's other things too. So you know when when back to when I was in in Thailand. Yeah. Um. You know I was actually quite miserable in my job, mm. and I asked for a pay raise because I really couldn't put both my school my kids through international schools. Mm. We didn't have a choice. Mm. I mean, they didn't speak Thai, so they yeah. couldn't go to a local school and international schools are expensive. Yeah. And you know, when I look back today, I'm quite thankful that my boss said no, because if he had said yes, I probably would still be doing that job and yeah. be absolutely miserable. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes in life, you know, not every no is a bad thing. Mm. He said, no, I can't give you a pay raise, which then forced me to look outside of my job yeah. to scramble for ways to make money. Yeah. And that was when I was looking around our Muban. Muban is like a, a housing estate, yeah. like a compound. And there were a lot of empty houses there. And it took my husband to say, hey, you know, use your gift of the gap. Go call the landlords of each house, each empty house, and ask them if they give you a commission if you were to rent it out for them. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Like, how do you ask people for money? It's yeah. never easy. You have to learn to do that. So it, uh, that takes encouragement. It turns out Maddie was really good at it. <laughs> yeah. It started somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. started with a supportive spouse. Mm. And so with this encouragement, I called these landlords with my, in my very bad tie and negotiated a commission. Yeah. And then I posted on forums, created a website. And that was how I started my property business that eventually flourished and you know my first foray into business speaking of spousal support at this time so west came up with the grand idea did he actually help you with the business at this time he did he did eventually mm. so you know again he also allowed me i won't say he allowed me but when i eventually uh quit my radio job mm. at virgin in thailand mm. you know um, i don't think i would have been able to do that if he made me feel guilty about that yeah. because he really could have yeah. he could have said what you quit how irresponsible yeah. you know you don't even have something like 
going. I mean, it was going, but it, there was no guarantees. And here's the thing in life, there yeah. are no guarantees. Are no guarantees. So yeah. it's a lot of leap of faith along the way. Yeah. And you do need a spouse who believes in you. I think that's so important that often you need someone in your life to believe in you, to spur you forward, for you, to help you achieve your dreams. And if it's not going to start with your partner, who's it going to start with? Well, the interesting thing is I think that that, that initial idea from West, I think that's sort of what you could look at that as being the sort of uh, origin story of how you ended up getting into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which has led directly to sort of where you are today yeah. with an amazing multi-million dollar, soon to be billion dollar business. And you, you sort of were able to find yourself through that. And you're far from holding your, far from holding you back. Your husband actually helped you find yourself and what you're good at. And he must have seen something in you where it's like, she'd make a kick-ass real estate agent. And when you think of it now, it seems like a no-brainer. But at the time, I don't know, you hadn't really done anything like that already. No. Right? So he saw that in you and he was right. And I think that that's what the best partners do. They can see things in us that maybe we don't even see in ourselves. And they're able to bring out things that maybe would never even arise were we left to our own devices. Shouldn't that be what a relationship is yes. where they see the best in you the yeah. best of you what you can't see maybe you don't know that you can be this person mm. but your partner is supposed to see that see the best version of you before you even become that person that's right and if we skip like from that time in thailand you came to singapore and i remember when i first started working with you on radio i guess it was 12 years ago or so now maddie was actually started trying to start a different business which i think had was it something to do with Jewelry boxes. Jewelry boxes, yes. Yeah, yeah. You see, I wanted to do anything to do with jewelry. jewelry yeah. Or beautiful things, beautiful things. I yeah. think I could have gone into a million things. But again, it took my spouse to advise me because, you know, I put a huge amount of deposit in making these jewelry boxes. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to, you know, go into the a jewelry, jewelry box magnate. Yes. <laughs> Queen of the jewelry boxes. That sounds so ridiculous when you say that. <laughs> And um, it didn't work out because the, the production was fraught with, <laughs> with yeah. um, problems. Yeah. And again, it took a spouse to say, my spouse, to say, you know, there's no shame in, in letting go of this. Like, there's, if you don't think no it's going to work. When you're an entrepreneur, there's no shame in failure. Yes. Failure, I mean, you have to make a friend of it because you will fail more often than you succeed. Yeah. The important thing is to learn from it and move on. Yeah, so, you know, whether it's so-called failure, because you're always hardest on yourself. Yeah. So when you see it as a failure, you need a spouse who's able to say, hey, don't take it too hard. Yeah. It is an, ex an expensive lesson, yeah. but it's a lesson nonetheless, and you will learn from this and you will rise from this, right? Yeah. Um, or if you're making a career switch or thinking about it, it takes a supportive partner or spouse to say, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, we, we can make it. We will make it. I would say if you're thinking of going down that path of entrepreneurship, there's there's almost nothing more valuable than having a supportive spouse. Because if you have somebody who's second guessing you or belittling you or saying, complaining about money or complaining that you're never home, it's just going to make your job that much harder. And trying to start a successful business is so hard just on its own. Having somebody be a drag on you, mm. I'd say it's almost impossible. Yep. The funny thing is you look at some of the really successful entrepreneurs. I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about, but I'm just going to spitball here. <laughs> you look at somebody like... Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, things have fallen apart for both these guys in recent years. But uh, Bill Gates, he, he had a supportive 
spouse. Yep. And Jeff Bezos, he had a supportive spouse. Now they're all divorced, but you know. But they were supportive to begin with. Well, if not, they married, would not they be supportive. where they are today. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that they were supportive. Yeah. At least at the beginning. That's right. <laughs> that got them to where they are. That's right. And so I, I feel like it's, it's, it's crucial. And I think that the interesting way that your relationship with Wes has evolved is that he's, not, he's no longer a cheerleader. He's a full partner in your current business of running Madly Gems. So he went from just sort of cheering you on the sidelines or encouraging you or giving you advice. Now you're actually in business with your husband. Well, that's another topic altogether <laughs> because that's, that's not easy at all. But I want to ask, right, like, how do you support your partner's career goals without sacrificing your own? And I think that is a, an important question. Mm. Like, for example, Marit, mm. <laughs> your mm. wife, yes. does she have any ambitions that, you know, um, that she has had to sacrifice while supporting yours? Well, see, the, the thing about my wife, Marie is she is a very um, straightforward, down-to-earth, responsible person who just doesn't want a lot of drama in her life and just wants to live a normal life. And she married me when I had nothing and we managed to build a life together. But she's never really wanted to be a part of the things I'm doing. Um, she's always maintained a certain amount of distance from it. Maybe because she knows I would just drive her crazy. <laughs> and, and also because I think that she's wise enough to know that sometimes mi mixing business and pleasure isn't the smartest thing to do. And you could probably talk about this. Don't I know it. Yeah. So, um, since I left radio, I've been trying to start my animation business and I've been learning my craft and working hard. And, you know, in the beginning, I really was like, why can't, can you help me work on the business side? Because my wife is good at business things. She's very good at- More so than you. Much more so than me. And she's good at administrative things and just getting things done. In order, and she's very good with people. And so I was like, it'd be great if you could help me with this. And in, this, in the beginning, she did a little bit, but I think she soon realized that this is not something that she wanted to do because I think that she, she, she knows me well enough to know that I'm... I, I can, a nightmare to work with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I'm a nightmare to work with. And, uh, I think all spouses are nightmare to work with. Well, I think there's some people who are just generally a nightmare to work with, and mm -hmm. that would be me. And, uh, <laughs> Don't I know it? Yeah, so I'm like, she, the, the, the thing my wife offers me, she's not a business partner, she doesn't really help me with the business, but for instance, right, like I've got a lot of savings in the bank that I earned on the radio and the house is paid for. We don't have a car. We don't have any debt. But she keeps the, the money coming in from month to month, help pay insurance, this and that. Because right now she's the one with a full-time job. She, she's the one with a full-time job. So sometimes support is not just about what they do physically. Yes. You know, it, support can be in many different forms. Emotional totally. support. Hey, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, uh, mental support or physical support yeah. but you know when we talk about support it's actually holistic for sure like people are all different and everybody will offer support in their own individual way Wes your husband is a very task oriented guy he likes being busy I think and he likes oh, yeah. he likes feeling like he's contributing and he likes having a duty he used to be in the military right he actually joined the army the word he uses is productive yes he's always said that it's very important for a person to always be productive yes. and he wants to be productive way into his retirement life and the, the funny thing about this is I found that maybe for you for your point of view of how you two work together might be different from his point of view for a guy like Wes, who's very like task-oriented in that, for him, 
it might be almost like an expression of love to be able to do things for you, mm -hmm. to be able to help you with your tasks. Like, I'm helping you, I'm doing things, I'm being useful in our relationship. And so that is almost like an expression of love. Yeah. It's like the way he shows that he cares is by doing stuff for you and helping you with the business and stuff. Or like even that. sometimes just telling someone, mm. you know, just simple words of encouragement can do wonders. Mm. There's actually been many, many studies and we covered one of these many articles on radio before we talked about mm. it, where there are studies to show that the most successful people in life mm. all have very supportive spouse. Yeah. That's the one thing that many successful entrepreneurs and um, corporate leaders have in common. Henry VIII. No. <laughs> <laughs> very, very supportive spouse, yeah, you know. So I think it's really important if you're feeling stuck for whatever reason, mm. whether it's in your career, your social life, you do have to look at your partner yes and and see whether you know is this the partner for you mm. and here's the thing a good person can be bad for you in a particular relationship yeah. two very good people can make a bad relationship oh totally right i've had a few of those yeah just because you are bad for someone it doesn't mean you're a bad person yeah you know this person could just be bad for you or you you don't bring out the best in him or and her. I think, I think that, uh, taking that one step further, Maddie, I think there's some people who are just not supportive people. And I think that if you're the sort of person who knows you're going to be supported, don't marry somebody who you should know is not going to be supportive. Because there are a lot of people in this world who are really in it for themselves. And that's okay. That's the kind of person they are. They're not the kind of person who are going to, who's going to stand by you through thick and thin. You know. As, as soon as the going get, gets, gets rough, rough, they're going to be gone. Mm -hmm. But hopefully you've had your fun by that time. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, right? When you support someone also, you have to... I think the best form of support is when you believe in someone. Yes. And I think even the most selfish person can end up with someone they believe in. Mm -hmm. So if, say, you are with someone whom you just don't think well of, and no, try as you may, <laughs> yeah. you can't seem to be supportive. Yeah maybe you need to rethink that relationship from that perspective yeah. that it's not fair to that person because somehow, no matter what, try as hard as you may, you don't <laughs> believe in this person. You just don't. Yeah. You know? I think there's a lot of spouses who get married for the wrong, wrong reasons. reasons. And I think that, you know, it can be either for just the way they look or just the fact that they're rich or whatever, or they have a sexy job or whatever. And I, I feel like, but you got to consider the fact that you're going to have to spend years and years with this person. And, and the things that you are, are marrying them for, these things, these sources of pleasure don't really last. Like they lose their novelty very quickly. And so you really have to like and appreciate and respect the person. And I feel like if you like and respect someone, you are going to want to support them in what they do. I think, Maddie, what it comes down to, I feel like a lot of times people don't make the right decision in terms of who they marry in the first place. And sometimes people are tricked into marrying people because, you know, people can be... People can act one way before they're married and then a totally different way after they're married. This does happen. But I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's incumbent upon all of us to try to be very, to try to be as honest as we can in our assessment of potential mates and make sure that we're getting someone who really loves us, really believes in us and will really support us and not just be caught in by all the trappings that whatever, whatever the person has put out there, like I say, whether it's the looks or the money or what. You know, my wife and I 
just like you and Wes, we've grown our lives together and we've grown our success together. And sometimes she had to carry the load more. Sometimes I've carried the load more. And now she's carrying the load more again. And the, the same yeah. with you guys. Yeah. And, and so I think that you have to find somebody who's that, who, who wants that life partnership and that constant sense of challenge of facing life together and going forward together and whatever comes, you're willing to take it Because it's fluid. It's very fluid. Right? You go yeah. through different seasons mm. in your marriage yeah. and sometimes you take turns to take the lead yeah. in terms of your career For sure. or you know, staying at home, being yeah. with the kids. I think you mentioned respect, which is so important. I think it is probably the foundations of any relationships, more so than love, mm. at least for me. And mm. I'll tell you why. Um, I firmly believe that if you love a person, you can, you can cease to respect them and it will affect your relationship. <laughs> yes. But that doesn't mean that you love the person any less. You yeah. just don't respect that person. And when you don't respect someone, it's hard to believe in them. It's hard to support them because you don't believe in them, right? However, if you respect someone, almost always you grow to love that person. Yeah. I, I think at the bottom, at the foundation of any relationship respect is the most crucial and it is the pillar of any relationship so if you are in a relationship where somehow you are not treating someone respectfully you're not speaking to that person respectfully i i don't want to be quick to judge you first mm. i think you hopefully it's all about self-awareness you need to ask yourself why is mm. it because i don't respect this person and why do i not respect this person and then you should ask yourself then maybe it's not fair to this person that I remain this person because this person is a great person and he or she can actually find a partner who would love and respect them. I think that's a good point, Maddie. And building on that point, I would like to say that, okay, right now I'm going through a period where, like I went through a period on the radio where I was bringing in a lot of money. I had a, I don't know, it's kind of a prestigious job. It's like, and I, it was very easy to feel confident. You felt like the man yes, of the house. Yes, that's right. Losing your job and going into another line like what I'm trying to do right now, I think it's very easy to lose that sense of swagger and confidence. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that when that happens, I think it's easy for your louse, your louse. Your louse <laughs> That is not a Freudian slip. That is just me being dumb. <laughs> oh, love no. and spouse, louse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it makes, it makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> Um, your louse. Yes. What happens is, is that it makes it easy for that person to lose respect in you. So I think even when you're unemployed or when you're trying to start a business and do something different and the money's not coming in and the job isn't there to give you that, to bask in the, the, the glamour and the glory of it, you, you have to really make a very strong effort to have your self-respect. Hmm. and to not let people talk down to you. Mm -hmm. And if somebody does treat you with disrespect, like, I don't know, like maybe this is getting a bit too personal, but I've had to have times where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm building this new company now, but like I paid for this house. I brought in a lot of money. The kids take care of, you know, I've had, and sometimes I don't know if I'm saying it to myself or my spouse, but I'm like, I feel like just because you're going through a transitional period, that doesn't mean you have to crawl on your belly. You can still stand proud as long as you're still trying to get somewhere and do something. And if you're not trying to get somewhere and do something, you start making the effort to do it and then the pride and self-respect can come back. And I think it's, like you said, the, the you should respect the other person, but the other person should also 
endeavor to make themselves worthy of respect and demand respect. And to have self-respect. And have so and if you have self-respect, you'll demand res respect from other people. And for you, it's great that you have that self-awareness that maybe it's just you. Yeah. Because you are starting from scratch again. You are used to being the veteran yes. in any field that you are in. Yes. And suddenly you're a rookie. Yeah. So you it's feel humbling. it is humbling. <laughs> it is. And you feel out of your depth yeah. and you might you 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 might interpret, for example, a, a tone wrongly. Yes, you take it that's wrongly. True, and you think, true. "Hey, are you disrespecting me?" Yeah. But that's not the case. And again, it takes a, a supportive spouse, who is, who who can smack some sense into you and say, "Hey, that's, that's you. That's yeah. not me." So yeah. get a grip. Yeah, you know, I'm okay with this, but you need to be okay with it. Yeah, you don't want to be coming from a place of insecurity where you're overcompensating for your sense of insecurity, which maybe I've also been guilty of. And it's but very- It's like it's such a delicate balancing act between having real pride in yourself and, and feeling like you're compensating for something. Yes. You know, these are all very complicated things. And often, and studies have shown as well that a man's identity is very often tied to their career. Mm. So if you are going through um, a midlife career crisis, so to speak. Mm. You have to be very aware that, you know, um, don't push away your spouse who is already taking on a lot mm. and who is doing their very best to support you because I don't think you should take that for granted as well. It's not easy. No, because that's true. It's, it's normal for them to not always believe in you. It's not that easy, right? Yep. Like, I can believe in you for a week and then maybe I'm feeling a little low this week and yeah, yeah. I may not believe in you as much. After a while, I may go, is this really going to work? Yeah. Are you sure you can do it? Yeah. And you need to step back and be fair to the other person as well. Yep, yep. It's, it's normal to question yep. and sometimes it's, it's healthy to question <laughs> because so it, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. And that's where you need a spouse to say, it's okay to admit failure at this point, but we need to take action now and do yeah. something about it. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, sometimes the spouse needs to kick your butt a little. And get you going a bit, but it has that's to come part from, of being a supportive uh, a spouse. That's right. To it, kick your ass, it has to come from a place of, of love. And love. It's like I'm not abandoning you, but come on, let's get your shit together. Like it yes. has to come from that kind of place. I think that's the best kind of partnerships. Mm. You know, mm. like you're not afraid of them. Yeah. But you take them seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't take them for granted. Yeah. And they do kick your ass. Yeah. yeah. I think this describes like a lot of really good human relationships, but I think it applies even more so to spouses. I mean. To me, like that's your that's your key relationship in your life that you're going to have, and so you really got to make sure that you're on the same page when it comes to all this stuff. So let's talk about boundaries, right? Because mm. boundaries are really important. Um, the importance of setting boundaries in your relationship to protect mm. your career. Mm. Um, any experience in that area? An example: you are you are thinking of taking a, a job that is great for you. Mm. You think it's great for the family because financially it'll put you in a super position mm. and you love the job. It might be a job, an overseas posting. Mm. But that would mean that your spouse would have to give up, you know, oh, family, yeah. friends, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe even their jobs. You know, how do you set these boundaries to protect your career? Mm. Does it make you... Is it, um, how do you weigh out like whose career to give up? Or are you really giving up something mm. just to support a spouse to, 
to further his or her career? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I feel like whoever is making the most money, that's the career that you support the most. Like, you know, even though you laugh, but that is a very important consideration. <laughs> yeah. Like if my wife is making more money, and right now she is because I'm not making any money, but it's like, it's very important that she maintain her, her comfort level and that I don't interfere with what she's doing. And yeah, you I do whatever it takes yeah, to support. And I don't make excess demands on her and I let her do her crochet and allow <laughs> her to watch her Korean shows and don't be a big pain in the ass, you know, because she's got actual hard work to do, whereas I'm tinkering with my animation all day. You know what I mean? But what she did that for you too when you were on radio. When I was on radio, yeah, she was very supportive and she was very understanding of the fact that I had very weird hours. I had to go out a lot on the weekends. I had, you know, I had to wake up at 4.30 in the morning every day. She had to day. put up with your shit, really. She had to put up with a lot. Because you were very grumpy. You yes. probably weren't as involved in the upbringing of your kids. And yes. then when you had some time, you shouted at them. Yes. <laughs> hey, everybody true. needs a hobby. <laughs> but it's true. When I was doing the... When I was doing the breakfast show, same thing. Yeah. I was a grumpy ass. Yeah. We were basically insane and sleep deprived for eight years. Exactly. Yeah. So our spouses had to put up with a lot oh, of shit. Yeah. But, you know, we were, we were bringing back, I mean, we were setting up our family for the future. That's exactly right. In, in many right. ways. Yeah. And so you do have to put up with that shit. Yeah. But you, of course, you have your boundaries. Like when it starts affecting your relationship such that you might be on the verge of divorce. Yeah, yeah. Even before you get to that point, that's when you go, enough is enough. There's only so much that you would take for money. Yeah. And then it's family first, relationship first. You know what this reminds me of? I don't know if a lot of people know this re reference, but Tom Brady and Giselle Bungeon. He's the NFL star and she's the supermodel. And uh, he was in his 40s and he, wa he said he was going to retire from being a football player. And then he, he said he was going to play one extra year. And Giselle was like, you know what, I'm out. The, that was her boundary. Like, I feel a bit sad because it's like, he's only going to be, he's already in his 40s. He's only going to be playing one or two more years. Can't you just, you know, stick with it a few more years and just get past it? But no, she was like, you said you were going to quit. You didn't quit. And so I'm out. Like, that's the story of what happened. I don't know what really happened, but... That being said, it could be that he kept breaking his promises because yeah. that is about honouring your word. It could be about yeah. him honouring his word. Yeah. And again, we don't know what went on in their personal life, but let's just say over and over again, your spouse says, I'm going to do something and he yeah. doesn't do. Yeah. And, you know, it could be that he's staying on another year just to be with the bros. Yeah. So for her, it's, you know what? And maybe if your relationship is really totally. suffering... And, and you don't feel that your partner is putting the relationship before the job, which I think is really important. Yeah. Your career is very important, but your marriage is just as important. So yeah. I cannot stress that enough, right? It's like they are both equally important. Yeah. But when one is really affecting the other, you have to wait out and say, what is more important? And I will tell you like today, um, and we have actually had that conversation, my husband and I, and I will tell you that I will choose my husband over and over again. Mm. Like if tomorrow this job, it don't matter how many millions it makes us, if it causes a huge rift that is irreparable, we would both give it up and mm. we would both walk away from the money than the marriage. Yeah. Because, you know, the, our wealth is the, our relationship. Yeah. And together we can do anything. Yeah. I think that's very important. I mean, you've got to decide what you want out of life and what... 
I want out of life. Because I, I came from a family of divorce. My parents split when I was like seven years old, right? And so what I want from my life is that my kids, anytime they want, they can go out and live their lives. But anytime they want, they can come home and my wife and I are both there for them. Like, that's my vision. And a lot of people don't make it that far. People get divorced for all kinds of reasons. There can be abuse or whatever. I mean, obviously, that's beyond the scope of what we're talking about. But my ideal is like, it's like, is like staying together forever. And I love the romance. With of your that. kids? No, with my wife. <laughs> okay, that's good. I hope. I, my kids, please move out. I'm white. I want them out of the house. Good, good. <laughs> I'm Chinese. I want them out of the house too. <laughs> like make your own life. But I, I love the idea of just growing old with someone and seeing their whole story. And the, the romantic in me really likes that. And I just find it very aesthetically beautiful. Of, and, and it's like, the thing is, it's like, People think there's other, there's something out there that they're missing out on, mm. and they feel a sense of longing for what they don't have. But if you're in a relationship and you keep thinking that you have option, options, you're screwed. Yes. Okay, you know, we <laughs> talked about midlife career crisis, and we say it's great in your career to think you have options. Now, yeah. for relationships, it's got to be the opposite. Yes. 100%. If you're in a relationship and you keep thinking you, are op you have options, that is a massive red flag for you and your partner. Yeah. Because there should not be any options if you're with the right one because yeah. they are not replaceable. That's right. And, and, and it is not like your career. Career, you should feel like you have options. It liberates you. For a relationship, it actually does not liberate you at all. It makes you freaking miserable. Yeah, and, and I feel like uh, living a decadent life, I, I feel like there's been enough you know, test cases to prove the fact that decadence doesn't really work. Um, have you ever heard of Russell Brand? You must know Russell Brand. Russell Brand, he's yeah. He married um, Katy Perry. Yeah, and then they divorced, and now he's with another woman. But he lived. A, he is famous for having lived a life of complete decadence, like the most decadent life that it's possible to live. He lived that life. Now he's on a new path. I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do respect a lot of the things he says, where he's like, yeah, I was just addicted. I was addicted to substances. I was addicted to women. women. And it's like it was all part of the same mental pathology. And he's like, you know, I saw him in an interview, the guy was saying, yeah, but it must have been fun being with all these women. He's like, no, honestly, it was not really fun. And it's like, you think it's going to be fun, but you think of, if you're going to live that kind of lifestyle, you think of a lot of the lies you're going to have to tell, a lot of the um, bullshit that's going to come out of your mouth, a lot of the feelings that you're going to have to hurt. Mm. So I think it's very important to realize that if you found someone that you can tolerate getting through life with tolerate <laughs> like even at the baseline that's good enough you know most of us i think have something better than that but i think that you're you're one step ahead of the game already and it's it's a good idea to try to hold on to that and nurture that sometimes it's just not working and you got to get go somewhere else but i feel like in most cases if there was enough there to get you together hopefully it's enough to keep you together so um let's wrap it up with red flags okay okay so like recognizing the red flags in a partner's attitude towards your career um what are some of the no-nos like there are red flags that you just cannot ignore i think that's a really good question i think one of the key things to look out for is that if if you feel like somebody is marrying you for your job or for your wealth but right? how would you know that if, if you're Jeff Bezos. <laughs> now, now that is, right? Not yeah, the one who's not, not Mackenzie who started with you. That's but right. But like right now, you know that yeah. they're marrying you for who you are. If you're, ask yourself the question. If you were working at a normal job, if you were the same person, say you're a high flyer 
ask yourself, if I were working at a normal middle class, lower middle class job, would this same person even give me the time of day? If the answer is no, I think that could be a good indication that you should look elsewhere. But guys like that, it's a power trip. Yeah. You know, like, look at who I am. I mean, just I'm ask saying, Rupert Murdoch. I, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't care that you're marrying him because he's Rupert Murdoch. But, but here, here's the larger question. Who would want to be Rupert Murdoch? Exactly. He's a, have you ever seen the Dark Crystal? He's a skexy. He's like, nee, nee. and a lot of these old guys that. <laughs> who wants to be that guy? You don't want to be that guy. You or wanna, be with that guy. You want to, yeah, who wants to be with that guy? But then, okay, I mean, love is love. You. Yeah. I think that's my red flag. Okay, that's your red is, flag. And I think it's actually harder for wealthy people to, 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 to find true love in a way because you do have to get through a lot of people who are maybe, like, okay, here's a case where I think that it actually has worked very well and that's Prince William and Kate. Now, I think she did go after him because he's a prince, but I also think she genuinely loves him. And I think you can see it in their relationship and how wonderfully their children are turning out and how they're able to be together and go through life with a certain amount of grace. Like, I think she loved him because he's a prince, but I think she would have loved him even if he was just some a soldier boy. You sure? Because that was a <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? Um, about Prince William and Kate Middleton? Yes. That's the that's the pinnacle. I that's the pinnacle I can imagine in terms you? of marrying a guy for what he is, not who he is. I mean, in in that case, he's the prince. There's no denying, you know. Yeah. And I think any girl would be swept off their feet if he were a prince. Yeah. But for it to go the distance and last as long and put up with that shit, that's love. Yeah, because right? you, you look at the other pair, Prince Harry and uh, his Meghan Markle. They they can't deal with it, and who knows how long that marriage is for this world. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean that's that's a so I think that's, that's the debate, isn't it? Those are two good contrasting examples. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. I mean, for me, a red flag is when a person keeps putting you down. Mm. You know, constantly putting you down. You can't do that. Mm. What rubbish! And there's just Dane, and I see that a lot. Yeah. I see a lot of couples. Mm. And the way he talks to her, there is no respect. And I see it with my friends as well. Sometimes mm. when they're just with the wrong person. Yeah. And they are just... And when they talk to their partner, it's dripping with disdain. Can you recognize disdain? Of course. Yeah. I, I, I've heard a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> You've experienced it yeah, a experienced lot. Yeah, I've experienced it a lot. Yeah. It's that look that... Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Like, what the heck are you talking about? Mm. You have no idea what you're talking about. They treat you like you're stupid. Yeah. That everything you say does not make sense or is stupid. That is yeah. a major red flag. He doesn't have, or he or she doesn't have to look at you lovingly mm. all the time. No one does. Mm. But recognize disdain. Yeah. It is a major red flag. And I think that uh, something like that, the first chance they get to cut loose, they, they'll probably take that chance. Or oh, they may not even cut loose because there are many people who are addicted to company or whatever reason. Mm. So they actually want control of you, mm. but they have disdain for you. Mm. And the more you stay, the more disdain they have. Mm. Because then they respect you even less that yep. you are tolerating it, that you are taking it, yep. that you're being a doormat and that makes them even angrier. <laughs> have you never encountered that? I see that so often. This that, is why it's so important to have, like we talked about this before, to maintain your self-respect. Yes. Yeah. And I, sometimes it's hard. And especially if you're with a very domineering partner. Because, I mean, there can be couples that are very mismatched in terms of dominance behavior. And it, it, it can be the man or the woman. 
Like there's plenty of couples out there where the woman is massively dominant over the man. Yeah. And the, but the man, I think the key is that the man has to have his own sense. Like, okay, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I would say in your relationship, you have a much more dominant personality in a way than Wes. Wes is very manly, but he's very stoic. He's very self-contained. He's and, stoic. And yes. he's not the sort of person who I feel like needs to impose himself or a certain dominance in a very overt fashion. Whereas I feel you, you're a very naturally dominant person. And I feel like in your relationship, it can be like, you are, you will be much more verbal in your assertions. I'm more verbal um, and probably more, more, what's that word? Um, of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but I say that with love. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say it with love. Yeah, yeah. But I am more, I guess, more stubborn. Yeah. You know, and I probably want things my way. Um, but he is actually equally dominant, and that's why he doesn't. He he has this quiet confidence about him. Therefore, he doesn't is, feel that he needs to. That's the key. That's exert his power yeah. or his dominance. To see the two of you together, he wouldn't see. He doesn't seem like a. He doesn't act like a macho type, but he's a quiet confidence. But and that confidence is the key. But I would say that if he if he were a doormat and he just took my shit over and over again. I don't think that our relationship would be the same. It would not have worked. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like because and it probably would have turned into disdain. You're more dominant, but his confidence matches your... Dominance? Assert assertiveness. Assertiveness. assertiveness yeah. <laughs> oh, searching, searching for the right word. <laughs> for the right word, the ninth word. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. confidence matches your assertiveness. And I think that that's very important. Yeah, and yeah. I think in a relationship, you have to see each other as equals. Yeah. You know, you may not always feel equal throughout your lives, but you see each other as equals, and it's the ebb and flow of, yeah. you know, your life, your career, and all these things that come together that's that make right. a very wholesome relationship. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us on this series of the podcast. Mm. Um, today was about the secret to success lies in having a supportive partner. Mm. And we're not here to tell you what to do or how to think, but hopefully it got you thinking and that's yeah. really important. And if you can identify with one thing, that got you questioning, mm. and questioning is not a bad thing. You don't yeah. want to follow blindly or believe something blindly. It can get you into yeah. big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions or you want some input, feedback, or you want us to cover a topic or talk about something in the next episode of The Wake Up Shot, then you can just DM me via Instagram at Maddie Barber. Until next week, see ya.